Hey everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Locker. You are in the right place if you're an aspiring entrepreneur or a new business owner looking to just make sure you have answers to some of the problems that you are encountering or are going to encounter. On Monday and Friday, you're gonna get me documenting the journey and sharing lessons that I've learned, so hopefully you could avoid some of the landmines and potholes that I've hit. And on Wednesdays, you're gonna have industry leaders, experts, and influencers sharing their very, very best knowledge. Today, we're gonna to get into asking for a raise. Now, this comes up a lot, especially on LinkedIn. I've seen some YouTube content about it. And for whatever reason, I was just thinking back to a time where I was in a position to do this and I ended up not doing it and I'm gonna tell you exactly why. Now, this is not gonna be your typical HR bullshit, like tactical, you know, or, or just like the Chris Voss, like, you know, never split the difference, all the methods he teaches in there. This is just real life experience, my way, the Rich Cardona way, and it's important. Now, it's important from an employee perspective, but obviously this applies as a business owner as well when it may come time to you know, re-up with a contract you might have with a client or to just retain them, okay? Because obviously, you know, keeping your clients is better than getting new clients and you can serve them better and they've been able to see the growth that you've been able to help them with. So let's get into it and I'm gonna start with number one. You either know you crushed it or you don't, okay? So you have that feeling, okay? And this is not necessarily something you're gonna get by like looking at numbers or anything like that. You are gonna have all the input that you need from all your interactions with the people who are the decision makers in this game here, whether it is your supervisor, your manager, or whether it is your client, or whether it's a prospect, or whether it's whoever. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because you may have avoided this for the first decade of work or your first few years of business and now you're approaching that part of your life, you know, where you're kind of middle-aged and you're just like, I need to get this together or else it's gonna be too late. And I don't think it'll ever be too late, but it is worth addressing. So you know whether you've crushed it or not, okay? You have just your intuitive personal evaluation of your standards, of if those interactions you've had with your client, like I mentioned, or your manager or management that gives you the feedback you need. Now, what are the majority of those conversations like? Are you getting coached a bunch of the time? And if you are, are you getting coached because it's a reaction to something you missed? Or are you getting coached because it's something that can actually elevate a high performance that you were already doing, something that you didn't know? There's a big difference. If you're getting coached on something that's gonna actually extend your knowledge or your skill set, that's a very, very positive sign. If you're getting coached on some shit that you fucked up, then you're probably not in a good position out of these five things to probably ask for a raise. So you already know, okay? And that might not sound like anything to you, but we all are pretty tied into our gut instinct and you know, okay? And I'm not talking about being nervous, but if you if you were to simulate asking for a raise, you would know if you were gonna show up confidently or not, if you were able to just remove the nerves, you would know if you could be confident or not based off your own intuition and your own evaluation and assessment of what you've done until this point, okay? Pretty basic, here's number two. Who are you outperforming, okay? If you are in the workplace, who are you outperforming? Now, I think it's important to know that you should have a default competitive mindset. This doesn't mean you can't be collaborative. This doesn't mean you can't be a team player, but you have to kind of know who your competition is, okay? If you really, really want this, okay? If you really want this promotion or whatever it is that, that you're aspiring for, then you need to know who you need to be outperforming. Now, if you're already outperforming someone, then you need to also know that because you want to lengthen the gap between you and them. But let's just say you might be you know, on the cusp or you might be parallel to someone. Uh, it's important to know, and you don't need to go with stats and metrics per se of them, but you do need to for you. And if that same person presents their own, 
that person's going to have the interviewer or the person, the gatekeeper, whatever you want to call them, the promotion authority, they're going to have the ability to distinguish, you know, who's really doing what on a kind of quantitative basis. The other part of making sure you know who you're outperforming is if you're not outperforming someone, then you might not be the person who's in line for that raise. Okay. Period. Point blank. It might not make sense to say, hey, I think I'm kicking Sarah's ass when you know you're not. And the numbers also prove that like it, it just clearly doesn't make sense on why you would be in a position to ask for something. Do you have the leverage there or not? Number three is what intangibles are you bringing to the table? One intangible I used to bring to the table when I was at Amazon is like, dude, my team were just motivated, crazy, and fun, and just hardworking, and they had better business knowledge than all the other hourly associate teams because that's what I wanted to give them. I knew they were doing monotonous, shitty-ass work, and I tried to make it interesting for them by teaching them some of the ongoings about the business. Anything that I learned in meetings, I would share with them, even at an hourly associate level, which their head might feel like it was going to explode. At least they had a fundamental or were building a fundamental understanding of what was going on. Now, I mentioned in a previous video, sometimes I would turn my radio off because my radio was blowing up so much with all these requests from people. I didn't want to be bothered by fucking management. You know why? Because they didn't mean nearly as much to me as the people that were working with me. I don't like to say for me, but the people that were working with me. And we had that team mentality. That intangible is bringing culture, okay? Bringing a culture that didn't exist predominantly in that warehouse, but I was at least bringing it to our shift. And that matters. That's an intangible. My ability to convey, talk to associates and not be the fake, corporate weird ass, have my laptop on me all the time, dude. So what are your intangibles? What are the things that you can do that no one else can do? Are you able to bang out some sort of presentation at a moment's notice? Are you able to be extremely motivating? Are you able to save money? As a service provider, is your turnaround an intangible? Are you always meeting everything before the deadline? Always know the intangibles that you bring to the table because that's actually probably gonna be part of your positioning in the future. Number four is what you're doing has what you've done impacted the mission and is it consistent with the core values of that company? And if you are working as a service provider or if you have a product and whatever your business is, the people that you're serving, is it consistent with theirs? Now I'm going to default to like a fitness example just because it's the easiest, but if the person if their mission, okay, let's just call this an individual client, if their mission is to lose X amount of weight by this date and keep it off for X amount of time, and you're doing that, then that's something you would have to point out almost all the time. So they know exactly what they wanted, their measure of success, their determination of progress is something that you're delivering on, okay? This is literally just executing upon what their desired outcome was. Now, if you are working, if you're in a traditional workforce and you're a manager or you're coming up on the come up, whatever it may be, then obviously you should know those things in and out. This is a very common practice on your kind of one-on-ones or your quarterly evaluations, if you're even having your one-on-ones, which a lot of companies suck at. But if you know the mission inside and out, if you know the core values and you know that a lot of your daily actions or your weekly actions are moving the needle on those things, then that's absolutely something you need to be prepared to talk about. And that's something that also that I would indicate is pretty much leverage. 
The one thing no one talks about, though, in regards to this is know what you're not necessarily delivering on, okay? So if there's a piece of the mission or the vision or the core values that you're kind of deficient on, so to speak, you don't need to like try and make an F a B, okay? Because you're going to get way more bang for your buck if you are able to get a B plus to an A. Uh, but if you are not so great somewhere, you can just literally indicate some of the small steps you've taken to do better in those, but not necessarily become masterful at those. That kind of self-awareness and indication to them is that like, okay, Stacy knows what's going on and she's working on improving it, but she was able to take her B plus game to like A level and she's clearly, you know, the number one in this spot. I understand why she's asking for a raise. I understand why she's an asset to the company. And here we go. So I'm going to entertain this offer. And the very last one, number five, and the most important by far, you know what? You can freaking flush one through four down the toilet. Are you making people's lives easier? More importantly, the person you're asking for the raise, are you making their life easier? This is a tactic that I believe is actually done in the interview process, uh, which I'll just go into that right now. If you are in the interview process, what you can and always should do is actually try and establish a connection with the person who's interviewing you and see what their pain points are. If you see what their pain points are and you're qualified for the job and you are really good at what you do, you're probably going to be able to kind of depict some solutions, some potential solutions to their problems, and it's going to open their eyes. And all of a sudden, they're going to start imagining your fucking face as a person who's going to be in the company making their life easier so they could get people off their back and they could accomplish more of what they're not accomplishing right now. Well, the same thing goes on the asking for a raise side. Have you made their life easier? Are you a person that sticks out to them that's just like, man, like if so-and-so wasn't here, like this would be a wrap. You know, I don't know how I would even tread water because I'm drowning all the time. If you were the person that allows them to grow, that allows them to accomplish more, that allows them to put themselves in a position to ask for a razor promotion, then it's a freaking no-brainer, like no-brainer. So think about that next time is how am I making my direct supervisor or manager's life easier? And then on the next threshold above that, you need to be asking that person, let's just say I'm the hiring manager, you need to know what my boss wants as well. So that way you're always tailoring towards those things. So that way, maybe if it's not necessarily, you know, you're driving on the mission or maybe you don't necessarily have the intangibles, what you're doing is actually making those individuals' lives better. They are not going to forget that. And that's the, that's the kind of person that in the lunchroom, you know, when they're having private conversations, they're just going to be like, man, Tim is like crushing it. He is like, I can't even imagine what it'd be like not to have him on the team. And you know what? I have that. And her name is Ellie. Uh, so I'll just go right into it. Ellie is my operations lead, and she's just a freaking beast. Everyone's always asking me, where can I get one of her? And I'm like, rocketstation.com. Another story, another day. But anyway, so those are the five things. Really quick, I will revisit them. Number one, know if you've crushed it or not. Number two is, who are you outperforming? Number three is, what intangibles are you bringing to the table? Number four is what you're doing consistent with moving the mission forward and is it consistent with the core values? And then lastly is, are you making someone's life easier? Are you making their life easier on a regular basis? Use those and I think you will get far further, faster in your business, in your job, and we'll go from there. So hopefully this helps. If you are between 35 and 45 and you feel like you're stuck, this is one of those things that's probably gonna help you. And if this is for a job and you need that raise so you can kind of get more cash flow for your side hustle and building that business that you want as a midlife entrepreneur, then game on. 
So hey everyone, I mentioned Ellie really quick and I know I've mentioned them before, but my sponsor for this podcast, and I'm so proud to be a partner of theirs, is Rocket Station. I found Ellie through Rocket Station, which is a VA placement firm. They're based here in the US and the workers are overseas, so they're a lot more affordable. Now look, everyone has kind of like this, maybe the stereotypical view on what it would be like to work with overseas workers because they're making a different wage or something along those lines. Well, let me just tell you something. I've explored that outside of a non-American based firm and just kind of a website. And, and it is horrendous. Even, you know, using Upwork was a disaster. But Rocket Station not only has leadership in place to kind of oversee the process and operations people to have check-ins with you and the person that you select, but two, they're clearly affordable. And number three, they're going to give you 25% off the main piece of this whole thing, which is a process mapping. How the hell are you going to interview someone to bring on and you're not even going to know what to tell them to do? Chances are, if you're a small business, you have not started documenting your processes yet. And if you haven't documented your processes, you're going to onboard someone and they're going to have a miserable time and they're going to be like, I'm out of here. Rocket Station is not going to let that happen to you because they're going to document everything you need done. So that way, when you start interviewing and that person comes on board, they are going to be ready to set sail and do exactly what you need them to be doing. And it's going to take less time for you because you're not going to have to be correcting them and you're not going to have to be drafting documents and you're not going to have to take time out of your workload to do that. And you want time out of your workload stopping $10 tasks so you could focus on being out and up and being the visionary to bring the business forward. So if you want to look into rocketstation.com, you can email brooks at rocketstation.com or you can go to landing.rocketstation.com. Make sure you tell them you heard it from me on the leadership locker and you will get 25% off your process mapping, which is going to be huge for you. So thank you, and we'll see you next time.